Okay, kids, gather around the table. Let's all hold hands, and I will say the traditional trigger warning. Even though this podcast is about the pursuit of good mental health, sometimes we'll be talking about not-so-good mental health things, like anxiety, depression, and when you order a cheeseburger at the drive-thru at McDonald's and then you get home and find out they gave you chicken nuggets by accident. This episode is also going to mention the death of a family member, and because it's about comfort food, we're going to be talking about food a lot, but only through the lens of mental health because... I firmly believe that you can't be healthy physically if you're not mentally healthy as well. So, welcome to Sobcast the Podcast. Hi, I'm Christina Wolfram, as usual, and I'm going to tell you a little story about my childhood. When I was a kid, Friday nights were a big event in my house. I don't know if you remember TGIF. It was like a two-hour block of TV shows on ABC, I think. It included masterpieces like Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Family Matters with Urkel, Boy Meets World, and whatever show the Olsen twins had at the time. In my memory, there was always a McDonald's Happy Meal on Fridays. I have no idea if we actually got fast food every week, but I vividly remember my ritual of eating all my fries first and then eating my cheeseburger, very careful to make sure I ate the biggest corner of cheese last. (laughs) McDonald's and TGIF on Fridays was such a tradition that we all looked forward to that we even participated during Lent. If you didn't grow up Catholic like me, Lent is a six-week period during the winter leading up to Easter where the Catholic Church expects you to give up something you love basically to feel the pain and suffering that Jesus felt for you on the cross. I think that might be a whole other episode. But also, one of the rules of Lent is that you can't eat meat on Fridays. So we all said goodbye to our cheeseburger Happy Meals and instead would get fish fillets. Fish fillet. Fish fillets? Whatever the multiple of fish filet is. And even those tasted good. As my siblings and I grew older and the Olsen twins stopped making TV, a complete travesty, but we're all getting over it, this Friday night tradition kind of started falling apart. We'd still eat it as a family every once in a while, but there were days where after a long day at school where everything just felt crazy because I was 15 and life is crazy when you're 15, I would go to McDonald's and it would just, I don't know, ground me. Also, I would be there with my friends. I mean, who could forget the time my best friend Colleen fit two cheeseburgers in her mouth? I mean, these are historical events. I'm sure you all learned about that in school, so I won't uh, bore you with the details. So for a long time, I thought 
McDonald's was the special thing. The perfect fries, the smell, the way the Coke is just way sweeter than anywhere else. But then a few years ago, my aunt died. The wake and the funeral were very hard. Speaking of weird religious traditions, my aunt had an open casket wake, and I physically can't go into detail because I will be very upset, but it was traumatizing (laughs) for me and for my siblings. I think we all bonded in a very specific and unique way going through that. Part of the reason that the wake and the funeral the following day were so hard was because my aunt was amazing and we loved her. And usually in a group, she would be the life of the party and she loved to try different foods and she would kind of eat off your plate if you said you that she could try your food or whatever. And, and so long story short, the weekend was bizarre <laughs> because my aunt was so, so loved by so many different people. Her funeral was pretty long. It started in a church, and we actually ended up driving to another church where she had painted some beautiful art, and it was a blessing to be able to sit there and kind of imagine her working for hours and hours and enjoying herself while painting it. However, because we're all human, my family was extremely hungry by the time it was over. We had a long drive ahead of us. So in our dress-up funeral outfits, we stopped at McDonald's. I could tell while we were waiting in line that each of us was hoping the other would order a whole meal so it wasn't weird and no one would have to go to the soda machine alone. I had a quarter pounder with cheese, in case you were wondering. And as we sat there, all in black, in the plastic McDonald's booth, eating together for what is now a rare occasion, we all live all over the place, it kind of hit me that the McDonald's itself wasn't the comforting thing. It was this. It was my dad patiently ordering while all of us had weird requests for our meal. At one point when I was a vegetarian, I used to order Big Macs with no meat in it. So my dad is a saint for for ordering that and making sure that happened. It was the way we didn't have to talk about what we were feeling. It was understood. 
there are so few people in my life that I've met since moving out of my home that I've felt so close to on such a deep level. So getting to eat with my family, even though it was in McDonald's, even after a really upsetting loss, it was special. And as I was eating my cheeseburger, it occurred to me that I should feel disgusted, that we had just been to a funeral for a loved one who died way too young, and I was eating a quarter pounder with cheese, and I was enjoying my fries, and I was using like eight ketchup packets because ketchup weirdly is its own comfort food. But that was how we were coping together as a family. I recently read an article in The Atlantic by Carrie Rom, who interviewed a professor of psychology at the State University of New York in Buffalo. Her name is Shira Gabriel. Shira and her team have been researching what makes food so comforting, like with science. But the research shows that it's not necessarily the food that's making us feel better. It's actually the connection, the sense of belonging that we feel, that we associate with what we're eating. There are other studies currently going on where scientists are trying to figure out if carbs make your brain produce serotonin. There's no evidence of that yet. I mean, I totally believe it. But this explanation of food triggering a sense of belonging, a sense of comfort, a sense of warmth and well-being sheds light on my eternal love for McDonald's. (laughs) Maybe every time I order a number two with Coca-Cola, I'm sent back in some way to that time when I was a kid and the school week was over and a weekend felt so long and my parents were both home from work and my siblings were all around the table and we were all laughing at the same TV show because we all loved Urkel. Oh my gosh, maybe this is all about Urkel. I I don't know. But this is something really cool to know and understand. Because if food from our childhood, or even just from good times in your life, no matter when they happened, can make you feel better, that also means it could apply to books you read when you were a kid, or movies you liked. Maybe that explains why so much of my generation loves to rewatch Disney movies. It just puts us back sitting on the couch, eating some popcorn, I don't know, not caring about taxes and whether or not we're going to have a kid or (laughs) whether or not we can afford a house. For me, there's also a component of reliability. I am the kind of person who goes to a restaurant and orders one thing. It's usually a bean and cheese burrito. And then every time I go there, I order the same thing. I like being able to rely on the fact that that food is going to be delicious. During my first week of college, I went into the convenience store on campus and I bought a Butterfinger and a giant grapefruit juice, which now that I'm thinking about it, it's kind of disgusting. But for some reason, my mind was like, you survived the first week of college. 
this is your celebration. And (laughs) anytime I pulled an all-nighter successfully or took a really hard exam or finished a paper, usually at like two o'clock in the morning, the day it was due, I would treat myself to a Butterfinger and grapefruit juice. Sorry, I'm like shuddering at how gross that is. (laughs) But at the time, it was so comforting because of what it represented. And even four years later when I was a senior and graduating and leaving and all this uncertainty, that candy and that really sugary, gross grapefruit juice. (laughs) Who orders grapefruit juice? It really, it would always get my mood elevated. It made me feel so proud of myself. And it was a reminder that I could do things that I was afraid of. And now that I'm out of college, way out of college, I don't think I would ever eat that again. I don't think it would have the same emotional power. There are a lot of foods that I may never get to have again. My grandma's heavenly chocolate pie. I mean, she left me the recipe. It's handwritten and it and it's a treasure. But when I make it, it's just not the same as eating it on her linen-covered dinner table with her china and her crystal flower vases and her sitting at the head of the table having changed into fancier clothes for dinner. I ate this lasagna in Rome one time, actually several times, because I kept going back to this restaurant. You know, I just said, when I find something I like, I just eat it again and again and again. And I didn't write down where the restaurant was, so I may never see that lasagna again. My dad used to make really good pancakes on the morning after a birthday sleepover. And even though my dad could make me pancakes right now, it's just not the same because I haven't had a big sleepover with friends in maybe like a decade. And why didn't I do that? (laughs) And now I'm thinking I should bring it back. Mary-Kate and Ashley need to make movies again, and I need to start having more sleepovers with a bunch of friends. I'll never open up my lunchbox to find a tomato sandwich next to a note from my mom on a napkin that says, I heart you, the most calming thing ever. And yes, I was eating tomato sandwiches because Harry at the Spy ate tomato sandwiches. Now the idea of white bread, mayonnaise, and tomato And that's it. (laughs) Sounds awful. (laughs) But man, if I could recreate that feeling, that feeling of the note and knowing my mom maybe didn't understand why I wanted this sandwich but was supporting me anyway. Incredible. The most comforting kind of comfort food I can imagine. So what do we do if there's comfort food that we can't get anymore or we're nowhere near a McDonald's drive-thru? Well, you can sit with the memories for a little while. It's not as delicious as a quarter pounder, but could make your mood a little better. You could call up your mom and dad and thank them for the pancakes and the note. You could watch some Family Matters. Or just look at yourself in the mirror and say, Did I do that? Oh my god. (laughs) Or maybe it's time to create some new comfort foods for yourself. 
And that's what I'm going to talk about with Marie Lodi. She's the creator of Blood Feast, a blog dedicated to comfort food, and she's a genius and wonderful human. We'll hear from Marie after a word from our sponsor. Marie Lodi is a writer, editor, and fashion icon. She's also the co-host of the film and fashion podcast, Fish Netflix, and she's the creator of Blood Feast, a cooking blog dedicated to period food cravings. Not a period haver? That's okay. The recipes are the definition of comfort food and will definitely lighten your mood any time of the month. Marie is one of my favorite people on the planet. We met working at Hello Giggles and... One of my favorite memories ever was that one time our boss told everyone that we were going to work from home one day, except somehow Marie and I both missed the message. So we spent the whole day completely alone in an empty office. And it reminded me so much of that episode of the OC where they're locked in the mall overnight. You know what I'm talking about? Anyway, I'm so excited for you to meet her. May I present you, Marie Lodi. Take me through your process of like coming up for one post as in like one recipe. Yeah, so I think it's really changed the way that I come up with recipes now because of the situation that we're all in, you know, Mm -hmm. stuck at home and stuff. Before it was really like, okay, what am I craving? Which is always cheese and carbs. Mm -hmm. So like most of my recipes are based around like that, whereas maybe someone else is more of like a chocolate person, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But also that has to do with, because I'm more of like a a cook and not a baker. Like I really want to be a good baker, but I haven't (laughs) reached that yet. I'm just like a better cook right now. So Mm -hmm. um, that's where it started. Like that's where my my ideas for recipes like came before. It was just like, what am I craving? Now, uh, I had signed up the beginning of the pandemic. I had signed up for Imperfect Produce, that like delivery. So I'll get, you know, I mean, it's it's like vegetables and stuff, which is not really periods cravings, but that, that has helped um, me get really creative with what I'm cooking. It's like what we have here and stuff. So what am I missing from like a restaurant? Can I recreate at home? Uh, yeah, that's like probably mostly where I get my inspired, rest, and then my inspiration. Do you test the recipes? How many times do you have to test the recipe until there's like success? Uh, yeah. So I, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I can nail it on the first try, but other times it'll take. You know, <laughs> excuse me. I mean, I'm not like the best chef. I'm not like trained in that or anything. But um, you know, I'm a pretty experienced cook. And I always, my dad is a chef, retired chef. So I'll call him and ask for tips too. (laughs) That's helpful. He's always helped me. Yeah. So, you know, it could take a couple times. There have been a couple dishes that like, I'm still traumatized by how bad they turned out that I still need to do (laughs) again. But I'm like haunted by this bolognese sauce that I tried doing at the beginning of the pandemic. And, you know, I'm half Italian, so I'm like ashamed that I (laughs) messed it up so bad. But it haunts me. I'm like, oh my God, that 
I don't ever want to like make it that bad again. What was I thinking? And then I talked to my dad. He's like, well, you shouldn't have like used this type of meat, you know? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so I have to stop being easily discouraged. But yeah, you know, it takes, it takes practice. Like cooking, uh, I do think that it's a, it's like easier to fix a dish that you're cooking than baking, right? Because baking I feel is more like scientific. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like cooking cupcakes many years ago and they like look like pancakes, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you know, everyone was doing that, um, that uh, br- like everyone was baking bread, right? Like yeah. at the beginning of this pandemic, everybody was. And I was like, okay, let me see if I could do this too. I'm nervous. And I made um, some focaccia bread. Ooh. And I was like, well, let me make it all cool and, you know, have to get all creative. But like, it tasted like, <laughs> it did not taste good. It tasted like, kind of like crap. But I haven't, I haven't attempted it again. Like I have to be ready. I even bought European flour because I heard that's like easier to digest. And like, I was trying to be extra. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try to make a pizza. So I have to get <laughs> Italian flour. Wow, that yeah. is such dedication. I mean, I probably the most things that I've bought this pandemic besides food has been things to do with cooking, you know? Mm, like mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, that's like sense. amazing research. Yeah, and it's like I mean, that is probably the most thing that I'm doing right now is like cooking. So, yes, I bought a fancy meat thermometer. <laughs> yes, Whoa, I did. Whoa, what does that do? <laughs> It's just, I mean, it really helps to make sure you don't like overcook or undercook your meat. And I had bought like two. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> no. I knew that. I knew that. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I know what it's Yeah, it's not there. to check your temperature. It's to check your steak's temperature. But it has helped. It has helped. So instead of me just like eyeballing this chicken, like, you know, that mm-hmm. I would say, I mean, I, if we're getting into tips or anything yet, like, you should have a good meat thermometer. And I already had two that I messed up because like you cannot submerge them in water. <laughs> oh, these are the so, tips I live for because I would oh probably be like, I'm washing it, but washing things means to me just like leaving it soaking for like three days. So I probably oh, yeah. would have done that. I was, me too. And I bought a very expensive one. That was pink because, you know, <laughs> everything in the kitchen is pink. Uh. Um. But uh, yeah, so now it's like always away. It's in, I have to take a picture and show you like where it is. It has its own cubby hole that's like magnetic to the microwave. It's, <laughs> it's serious. This is how serious I've gotten with, with cooking now. <laughs> that's so sweet. I love that it has a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. I love that everything in your kitchen is pink because I feel like it genuinely makes you happy. Yes. And that is like, then that makes, I think, other people who see it happy. Yeah. Pink is just, it's such a joyous color. You know, we've both had pink hair. (laughs) It's, it really does like make people happy. And um, yeah, so the next thing I have to do is paint the kitchen, which we've been like wanting to do. And I was like, that is pink. You know, I was like telling my husband, Jimmy, that's my domain. So that is pink. (laughs) Everything in there is pink. Yeah, the pink microwave, all that. Yeah. Okay. I never see pink kitchen appliances in stores. So I did a little Google for you and I found out that there's a huge list of any kind of 
pink anything you could ever want for your house on betterhomesandgarden.com. I didn't know that was a thing, but in case you're looking for like a pink toaster. I also tried researching why certain colors make us feel certain ways, and I guess scientists aren't studying the color pink as much as I expected. But when I'm hungry, I think so little about my surroundings. I leave mail all over my kitchen table. Uh, I'm not the best at keeping up with dishes. My kitchen is generally not my favorite room in the house, but... There has to be so many benefits to being in a space that you love while you're creating nutrition for yourself, like where you're literally feeding yourself, right? Anyway, Murray told me that comfort food isn't just about the ingredients. It's also about the process. It's like emotional, right? Like cooking, like food in general and making food can be emotional on mm-hmm. the whole scale. Yep. Like, um what about cooking makes you happy, like uplifts you? You know, I uh, have really found that it is a way for me to unwind um, and to get out of my head a bit. Like you have to be very present with, with cooking, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it it really is like a way for me to de-stress and to also be creative in a different way than writing or, you know, any kind of other kind of like normal artistic outlet. I do believe that chefs are artists, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The stuff they come up with and then you get to eat it. Like it's amazing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, just the act of it is, is like such a way for me to, to de-stress. And it, it is like, you know, satisfying to come up with something that is delicious and if my husband likes it or anyone else that eats it then it, like you know I I get really excited and yes I get like mad or like offended if it doesn't if they don't like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> I have a sense of pride when I make something that the other people like yeah because you're I mean you're it they're literally like eating your time and effort mm-hmm so yeah. you're like, please appreciate. Yeah, you better like it now. <laughs> <laughs> but it, yeah, I do feel, I do get excited if like Jimmy uh, likes my, what I make, you know, especially yeah. if it's something new. He's so lucky he gets to try everything first. That's so he nice. is lucky. You hear that? No. <laughs> it's behind me. <laughs> so when you're getting recipes ready for Blood Feast, mm-hmm. Um, are you thinking of the recipes as for yourself or are you thinking of making them kind of for a group of people, you know, the people reading your blog? So mostly it's like, I'm hungry. What am I going to (laughs) eat? What do I want to eat? But, um, you know, I have experimented with like different ways of eating in the past year or two. I've Mm. done, I did keto for like seven months last year. I had that vegan challenge. I think we were working together during that. It Uh was like a month of vegan challenge. So it made me appreciate how to, you know, figure out delicious recipes for a certain dietary uh, type, you know? Yeah. I would say it's a mix of both because especially now that I'm experimenting more, it makes me want to like nail that, you know, vegan uh, queso or queso or whatever. Um, 
my best friend uh, can't eat wheat or dairy anymore um, for allergies. So I made her like potato tacos. Um, Yeah. And like, you know, figured out how to do it. So it was like really good, but basically like vegan or like gluten-free. So that was good. And I, and she loved it. So that made me happy. Yeah. I'd I'd say it's, it's like a, I I think I've expand, expanded more of that. That's cool. It's like comfort food for everyone. Yeah. Right. Like, hello, everyone who, who gets a period that uh, may not be able to eat like me should still have a delicious craving satisfied. (laughs) That's so generous. And, you know, people who don't get periods either are also welcome. We're all in a cycle. We're all it's in true. a cycle. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> which brings me to my next question, which is kind of personal. But I okay. was wondering if you would tell me a little bit about like how your period makes you feel, especially when it comes to your mental health and like how does food kind of help in that time? Thankfully, my periods aren't as bad as like other people's, you know. Sometimes yeah. I can get a rough one, but um I, I think that would make me, if they were bad, I think that would make me like hate that time more. You know, even before self-care was this buzzword that we all used, I just was always like, you know, why we should always be doing what we want that makes us feel good. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, healthy and not like crazy or, or whatever. Uh, and, you know, food has all, if, if you're, there are like the rare people I meet that aren't really like big into food, but oh, it's a good uh, you know, a good amount of people appreciate food and appreciate like a delicious food. Uh, so I feel like if you, you know, are someone that gets periods, then what if, you, and if especially if you're feeling like crap, then you're going to want to, <laughs> you know, let yourself something like delicious um, and have some comfort. Like to me, it's the same as putting on like your favorite, you know, 90s teen rom-com or something. It's like that same or like, you know, taking a bath or just it it is part of like self-care and like in the nourishment. Yes, I've become a green smoothie person now. Ooh, fancy. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, that is nourishing me in this other way. That's not just like, you know, eating something that I'm like craving. That's Mm -hmm. just like cheese or like you know, chocolate or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think like that balance too has been important for me uh, to be able to make dishes and to really get good at cooking things that are not just my period cravings. Balance is such a weird thing because I feel like the definition kind of is always changing. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, even with like not food, but other ways of taking care of yourself, like I'll be (laughs) during this pandemic. I've been working on like letting myself take a nap if I really need it. Mm -hmm. But a couple of times I have abused my power (laughs) (laughs) and the nap will be like all day. And I feel like absolute shit when I wake up and I don't even know where I am. It's, you know, it's balance. It's, it's a lot. It's all the ways we take care of ourselves for sure. I was also um, reading some science and there's this connection in our brains between things that made us feel like happy or were connected to people that we loved when we were kids. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. in terms of like that favorite movie or maybe a book you read 
or a favorite meal. Like mm-hmm. I know for me, it's, I think to most people, this is disgusting, but I love McDonald's mm-hmm. because when I was a kid, that was like our treat. Yeah. Was a happy meal. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself kind of bringing ingredients or meals from your childhood into Blood Feast? Yeah. So uh, I made, especially like during this pandemic, right? Like can't see my parents, can't have mama's cook in. Mm. So can I make it uh, myself? Mm. And yes, I have done that. I just made my mom's uh, macaroni salad and pineapple chicken. I made her chicken adobo. You know, she's Filipino. So trying uh, trying to master those uh, Filipino dishes are like a whole nother beast, right? Like I think a lot of a lot of things that I really want to try to try to make for Blood Feast are inspired by things that we ate as a kid. Or uh, my husband tells me that he ate this as a kid, like I'm, or like that he's craving that, and you know, or maybe some something that like came from is only available in Canada, or, or you know. Mm. I'm going to try to do it like that. And it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like nostalgic. And also, yeah, it's a good challenge too. If someone tells me like, oh, I love this as a kid or, um, you know, you see it, see someone like talk about it somewhere or or, like watch a movie. Oh, they're eating that. I'm going to try to do that. Mm. Um, That's like another fun thing that I like to do. Like, did you watch Parasite? Yes, I did. So that Ramdan, which was ramen udon, which is like not a real thing. It's like for it was in the movie. But like I tried doing that. That was fun. <laughs> How did it turn out? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good, actually. Yeah. Ah. It's like ramen with like steak. Yeah. It's mm. good. <laughs> oh, I love steak. When, yeah, that's another period craving of mine. In case anyone was wondering. I, mean, I, I like, like to know. red meat. Okay, I, I like to know meat. what people. I feel like I when I've interviewed like celebrities and stuff, I asked a couple of them what their cravings were. And <sighs> I think... Jennifer Lawrence's, I think hers might have been ramen. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I want to know. You yeah, know? that's amazing. I love the idea of Jennifer Lawrence like doing like a cup of ramen in her microwave. I know, right? <laughs> With like her heating pad on. <laughs> <laughs> what are what's maybe like the the most unusual combination of ingredients. Like I think there's kind of some, maybe more like stereotypes. I think this is kind of more about like being hormonal and sometimes like pregnant or whatever, Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. ice cream and pickles comes to mind. Are there any like unusual ingredients you've been like, oh, these actually are perfect together? Um, So I am a big pineapple in mm-hmm. foods person, like people get so heated over pineapple and pizza. Like, yes, I love that. My favorite pizza since I was in junior high, my favorite type of pizza was pineapple and mushroom. <gasps> is that so? I is that random? I don't know. I guess it is. I don't know if anyone else likes that, but that's been my favorite since I was a kid pineapple and mushroom. Yeah, that's um, I love that idea. Yeah. And so, like I mentioned, my mom, my mom makes like pineapple chicken wings which mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So I'm really into like that, uh, like sweet and salty too. I remember making a Nutella burger. That was one of my early blood feast recipes. Uh, yes. That was delicious. I mean, Nutella, mm, so good. But let me think. I really like, oh, um, I'll put chocolate chips uh, in random things. Just mm. to have it, like 
but it, I guess that's not too unusual. You know what I love when we used to be able to go to the movies? Mm. If they had Reese's Pieces and you put that on the popcorn, yes. that shit was delicious. Because oh, it that also is had so the crunch. Good. Oh my God. Yeah, yes. That is really good. And then it reminds me of Beverly Hills 90210, the original, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, uh, Donna, aka Tori Spelling, she they had a slumber party episode, and she would have popcorn on ice cream. So, and that was good. I remember like copying her back then. So yes, oh my gosh! And now I want Reese's Pieces and popcorn. Reese's That'll be pieces. my next. That's going to be my next recreation since we can't go to the movies. Oh, you know what I've done on popcorn is the nutritional yeast. Mm. And I'll put way, 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 way too much. And so at the bottom of the bowl, the bowl is a little salty from the popcorn. And then I Mm. lick my finger Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. get nutritional yeast all over it. And and then I just keep like building it up on my tongue. I don't swallow it. And then it it on your teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Then you can chew it. And it's like so satisfying. (laughs) You know what? I haven't even tried that. I have nutritional yeast or it's called like nooch is what they call it right oh cute i i think that's what like the vegan slang i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but i have to try that i've read about people doing that uh is it does it taste like cheesy at all i think once i accepted that it didn't taste like cheese i liked it a lot more okay yeah it just tastes yeah salty Yeah. It just like, it tastes like a memory of a Cheez-It, kind (laughs) of. A whisper of a (laughs) Cheez-It. A twinkle in a Cheez-It's eye. (laughs) All right. I'm going to try. I'm going to break out that probably expired nutritional yeast that I have and see how that goes. Oh, I was wondering if you have any advice for people who want to start experimenting with cooking, creating their own recipes, particularly for food that makes them feel better. Mm -hmm. One, how can they make sure to be easy on themselves because it Mm -hmm. is kind of a hard process? And two, do you have any advice on how to choose ingredients? Mm -hmm. So if you're like really like starting out and a very like a super noob to cooking, I would just start easy. Uh, Yeah, just start easy. You know, you can start with a grilled cheese. Um, You can, and just spice it up with, you know, like, okay, grilled cheese is what? Uh, Cheese, bread, butter, or mayo is what, you know, people like to put mayo on the sides of it because it, uh, I think it like, if it like maybe burns it or toasts it better. Ooh. Tried that, but you know, like add uh, spice it up. If you're into avocado, that's an easy way to do it. Caramelized onions, you know, like uh, you need to have the everything but the bagel seasoning, right? <laughs> like oh my that gosh. is good on everything. So good. Yeah, just like I mean, you can start easy. Pasta is the easiest thing to cook, and it is so easy to like spice to spruce up. Hmm. So, and then as far as like ingredients, again, I mean, it should be something like, don't get ahead of yourself if you're intimidated by something because some of those vegetables are intimidating, <laughs> you know, yeah. like artichoke. I'm still looking at it like, why? What even is the point of you? <laughs> but um, it's, you know, you just have to have fun with it. Like it, it's cooking 
And it is a, a creative thing. Uh, a, it can be a creative outlet for people, but it's also like fun, right? Like you can't mess things up too bad. And if you do, okay, don't beat yourself up for it. Yes, you'll feel like, oh my gosh, I wasted this or whatever. Hello, that sauce that I said that is still haunting me that I tried to make. Ugh. But you know, I had to let it go. And I said, I, I'm sorry, I tried to eat this. <laughs> I can't do it. It sucks. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I can be hard on myself too, obviously. been <laughs> telling you how I'm haunted by it. But like, yeah, it's fun. And you just have to try it again with like everything that we do, you know? It's, uh, it's, not, it's not that serious. You don't have to beat yourself up. I'm going to try the bread again, even though it didn't come out as good the first time. If you know someone that is a good cook, by all means, like get tips from them. Mm-hmm. Like I think cooking is one of those things where like, yeah, if you really want to figure it out, like, yeah, it's it's not like playing an instrument. That could be like maybe a little harder. <laughs> right. Because that's very subjective, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, our objective. I get those two mixed up. Don't tell anybody. It's okay. Me too. I always have to look at And we're writers. So it's fine. <laughs> I know. Oh God. Don't tell anyone we're not perfect. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> That all feels like good life advice, not just cooking advice. Like, don't be too hard on yourself. Don't yeah. take it too seriously. I mean, you don't you have know. to eat it if you don't want to. Right. Sorry. <laughs> you know, feed it to someone else. Might be might be able to fix it. I've fixed things before. Not that sauce. But yeah, just, it's not that serious. Just, you know, we have to be kind to ourselves. Yeah. Kind to other people and, and kind to ourselves. Okay, let me think about what else I wanted to ask you. Oh, actually, are there are there parts of like uh, different moods that you're in where you feel more inclined to cook or be creative in the kitchen? Like, do you see times where maybe you're feeling more down and you're like, I just want like a lean cuisine and a hot pocket and that's it? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes I'm, so I'm like the cook in this house. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that's like cooking. And sometimes I don't want to cook this or those times. Or if I'm, if I have like a deadline or something, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't spend two hours cooking and then an hour washing the damn dishes, you know? (laughs) God. But yeah, you know, if I don't, I have a couple easy go-to's like when I don't, but then I end up sprucing it up and then it takes, it takes longer because yeah, cooking can be time consuming and we don't, we, yes, we have all the time in the world right now, but sometimes we're not in the mood or yeah, we really don't have time to do it. So yeah, have a list of your go-tos that are easy for you to do. And if, if that means heating up a lean cuisine, all good, heating up a Amy's mac and cheese and throwing some everything but the bagel seasoning on it. Great. See, I always want to spruce it up. Um, but yeah, that's fine. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. I love Amy's macaroni and cheese. I know. Me too. Weirdly, I like the dairy-free one more than I like the regular one because oh. it, it congeals. So that oh. all of the corners are really crusty. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> but that is... It's interesting and feels very, I I can't think of a better word than like human, that like the time when we need comfort the most, sometimes it's the hardest to give it 
to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like the best way to actually, I, the word self or the phrase self-care, I feel like it has become so general, but it really is like an act of self-care. It is. To give yourself a break. Right. When it comes down to it, I know, again, we hear that word so much. It's really been like marketed beyond belief, but Yes, you know, the whole point of it is to like, hello, take care of yourself as if you're own, your own child. That's oh. a good way to looking at things. You know, that has actually really helped me a lot when I have, have have had like bad anxiety or go through bouts of depression. Bouts of depression, it's like, I always try to think of myself as my own daughter. Helps me. That loves my heart. <laughs> what does Marie, your daughter, like when she's feeling crummy? Uh, she also likes carbs and cheese. <laughs> My girl. She loves to watch a rom-com, a dumb rom-com. Yes. She does. She loves stickers. <gasps> oh my gosh. Stickers are so underrated. Yeah. Yes. I still have, uh, have a ton of stickers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I still uh, them. Sometimes if I say that I collect them, I won't use them because then I'm like, uh-huh. it's collectible. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have like these vintage Lisa Frank stickers and uh. I was like starting to use some of them. And I was like, you know what? Life is short. I mean, it's like breaking out the good China. Yes. You can break out the vintage Lisa Frank sticker. And, uh, but then I was like, no. So then I like, if I had doubles then I was like, okay, let me keep that <laughs> You're like, who's even worth this Lisa Frank sticker? <laughs> I know. Hello. <laughs> uh, going back to um, cheese and carbs and a rom-com and stickers. Mm. Oh, I love this philosophy so much. There's a lot of therapy out there that focuses on inner child work, trying to map out traumas that happened when we were younger. But the idea of comforting ourselves like we're our own children while we're adults, that's some serious self-love. Next, as any food conversation does, our talk turned to poop. In case you missed it, the very first episode of this podcast, I went deep into research about why our nervous system Sometimes it makes us constipated or have crazy diarrhea when we're anxious. So in case that interests you, you can go check it out after this episode. Because it is it is hard to get out because also I want to stay up late because I'm yeah. like, maybe it'll all get better before I go to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. It's so weird now. But it like, I mean, at least there's like the anchor of meals to kind of keep, I don't know keep me from floating away mm-hmm. yeah you know what I've been drinking to help because <laughs> I've been I've been very constipated and Girl, I've been too. Uh, constant anxiety I think it's is bad. not good yeah no okay and I don't want to get you know I was like when I heard that I was like I don't talk about it but I have to talk about it with you <laughs> but I was like the opposite whenever I'd get nervous so this is like it's this pandemic is just really stressing me out in this weird way now. Oh, whoa. So that's like mm. a, a new thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry. That would be so weird it to is weird. have it switch when you're used to your body reacting a certain way and now it's doing something else. Yeah. And so when you're talking about that fight or flight, I was like, oh my gosh, this is it. How oh, do I tell her to stop? 
stop fight or flight. <laughs> no, I know. I wish it was like just a, a switch because that's what it kind of sounds like. There, a switch goes on and it's like, mm-hmm. how do you turn it off? And like, oh, I've been drinking. I've been trying to drink like lemon water with a little bit of Himalayan salt. Mm. And like, it does make me poop, but sometimes it's like, I know my body didn't want to do it. And I'm like, I can't believe I made you poop. I'm so sorry. Like you didn't even want to. Sorry. I pressured you so much. Um, you know, these smoothies that I've been making, there's this, uh, she's like a nutritionist, a writer. She has a podcast named Kimberly Snyder. Have you Mm. heard of her? Mm -mm. I've had her book for a long time and I know that Dita Vontis is one of her clients and would always, cause I, I love to read what people eat, you know, like on yes. Grub Street. Yes. I love that. I love to see what people are eating every day. And, you know, Dita, she always, she's been on it like a couple of times and she would talk about this green smoothie, like her deal. And I was like, oh, maybe one day I will be like Dita and make a green smoothie. You know, like that's life goals right there is like, healthy. Uh, and so I was like, with this problem, like, you know what, now's the time I get all these vegetables and I made that smoothie and you just make it and you can like keep it in the fridge or whatever, have it every day. I'm telling you that's helped. That's helped. That's been helping me. I'm what? new to it. I just started doing it. Oh, wow. What's like yeah. the, do you know the ingredient or ingredients that like help get things moving? Well, because it's, it's not juice. It's a smoothie, so you still have the fiber. You're not getting rid of the fiber, and I think that's what it is. It's because this one, like you can change it up and stuff, but this one is romaine, spinach, pear, apple, celery, like lemon juice, and because it, you are not getting rid of the fiber, that I think is what's helping. That doesn't sound that bad. No, sometimes, it's actually sometimes good. green smoothies are, are disgusting. Oh yeah, no, this one I think because oh, and it has banana too. I think because it has those fruits in there, uh, like it makes it delicious. Mm. So that's been my new thing. Finally, Dita Von Teese. Thank you, Kimberly Snyder. <sighs> I just need everyone to know that I did look up this recipe and I did try this smoothie and it did make me poop. Rejoice. After our interview was over, Marie completely blew my mind and said she had a question for me. I want to make a special recipe for you, Christina, and I know you love your bean and cheese burrito, so I'm going to make a special bean and cheese burrito. But like, can you tell me (laughs) what you put in it? Do you like onions? Do you like, do you like hot, like what, what do you, when you get your bean and cheese burrito, which I think is your favorite food, right? Yes. Is it your favorite? Yes. I feel like what you're you proposing. <laughs> I'm all on one knee with a burrito in my hand. Yes. And I'm crying and I wasn't expecting this. <laughs> what do you order? What do you like in it? Because I'm going to develop a special recipe just for you. Oh my gosh. I mean, this... luckily it's nothing too hard. So. <laughs> yeah, especially when I tell you what's in it. Because... <laughs> My favorite kind of bean and cheese burrito is just like the gooeyest kind. Mm. So like the one that I've been eating the most in New Mexico, like mm-hmm. if we order, it's uh, refried beans that are very, very gooey and mm-hmm. they're mixed in with the cheese. So the oh. cheese is very like, it's oh. like everywhere. It's all throughout. Okay. Mm-hmm. And something that New Mexico does, I'm, maybe other places do it too, but 
they put red chilies on one side and green chilies on the other side, like it mixed in mm. and they call oh. it a Christmas bean and cheese burrito. Oh, wow. That's been my staple. And okay. then a really, really soft flour tortilla. Mm. Yeah. And when, I, when I'm when i in LA, my favorite one is wet. So it has enchilada uh-huh. sauce on it. The and red. The red, the red yeah, sauce? I get okay. the red. And then uh, cheese on top of the red. But otherwise, I don't think there's anything else really in. Okay. Maybe sour cream and guacamole if it's like mm-hmm. a, my birthday or – no, I'm just kidding. Anytime. <laughs> if, it's, if it's available, I like that. Oh, my gosh. Sorry. I just thought of this one burrito um, that's in Manhattan Beach. Mm. And it's at a place called El Tarasco, mm-hmm. which my family lovingly calls the trash can. And <laughs> it's one of those places where there's like three seats inside and they only make burritos as big as like very big babies. So I get a deluxe bean and cheese burrito and it's like, it's all of that just gooey, gooey, gooey. And it, it melts like you get it in a tin like bowl. But by mm-hmm. the time you start eating it, it's already like all liquefied. It's almost like soup. <laughs> so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like I'm like uh, telling you my deep dark secrets, Marie. This is, I'm so excited. It's very sexy talk. Um, okay, wait. Back to your cheese mixed in and melted. So you like your mm. cheese completely like mixed into that, or do you like any cold cheese, whatever you know? Like, if you mm. like it real gooey and mixed. That's a hard question because I don't usually discriminate. Like, if I order from somewhere, <laughs> okay. I've never really met a bean and cheese burrito that I haven't liked, but I guess my favorites do have the cheese mixed in, completely gooey. So it's like globs. Oh my God. All right. We're making this. This is the best day of my life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Please um, tell everybody where they can find you on the internet. Yeah. So my main... Inst- I guess Instagram is probably the place where I'm mostly active, but my main Instagram is Marie Lodi Andriacos. Uh, very long. Uh, M A R I E L O D I A N D R E A K O S. Love that song. <laughs> uh, and then Blood Feast has its own Instagram and website, and that's both uh, thebloodfeast.com or at thebloodfeast. And yeah, and then I also have a podcast that is about fashion and film and costume design, and that is called Fishnet Flicks. Yes. Yeah, so that's where you can find me. All of those combined, putting on a beautiful outfit, eating your favorite food, watching your favorite movies, (laughs) is just like so so uplifting. Yes, it is. I mean, we have to find these little joys right now, right? Yeah. We can't do a lot of the other things that we would do for self-care or to make ourselves feel better or get away. So we have to find the little joys. No water parks. No. <laughs> no parties. Mm. No concert. At least but we have friendship. <laughs> that's right. Thank you so much, Marie. Everyone go check her out and definitely check out Blood Feast. It's fun and delicious. So win-win. And thank you for being here, dear listener, wherever you are. 
If you want to join in the fun on Instagram, we are at SobcastThePodcast, all one word. Or if you want to support us on Patreon, we are patreon.com slash it's the seawolf. Sobcast the podcast was created by me, Christina Wolfgram. It was edited by Tom Stevenson, produced by Stephanie Kent. And special thanks, as always, to my parents for letting me keep all my McDonald's toys well into my 30s.